This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Is this your foot? Huh? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> I played footsies with me? Yeah. So, oh, damn it. This your foot blood? This your foot? This your big toe? <laughs> my pinky toe. In my pinky toe. Damn, you got a big pinky toe. <laughs> In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another ghetto episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Currently... I am doing this outside, oh, not outside, inside my home because my office is shut down due to the COVID situation and people be fucking tonguing each other all the time and they're you nasty little fucks. Yeah, stop touching each other. In the fucking ding-dongs. Anyways, <laughs> we got a Khalif Boyd in the house. Yo, it's been a minute. It's, it's been, been a, a minute. hot minute. Yeah, dude. man, yeah, man, yeah, man. I be doing my thing. Jump, man, jump, man, jump, man. <laughs> What's up? I'll tell you this right now. That's the most he's ever said. You know, when he was, <laughs> I had this one come on Just Kidding News back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah. And this, <laughs> uh, this guy was on like 12 episodes where he just sat there and didn't say anything. And I'm well, like, what in the fuck is going on? Well, the fuck up thing was that uh, it was my birthday. I what? was like, I ain't got shit to do. He's like, oh, roll with me to Just Kidding Films. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll roll up. Didn't know I was going to be on the episode. And y'all roasted me. <laughs> no one said happy birthday. Shit was crazy. It was the worst birthday of my life. Just Kidding News commenters are so fascinating. I didn't know about this until, um, uh, who the fuck? I think Jess mentioned this. She was, she was telling me that there's like forums where people just talk mad shit. Oh, yeah. I told you. Like on Reddit. Oh, that's on Reddit, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Jess and you told me that shit. And I uh, I went into it. I was like, damn, these people, they're, they, they're either the biggest fans of us on earth because the moment we put something up, they're already talking about it. Like live streaming that shit. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? I can't believe da- David thinks he's so tough. He's so cool. And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, I guess. All these theories and shit. Yeah. David, he's such a, he's so fucking self-absorbed. Like all he does is he just always thinks he's right now. He's a fucking therapist. I'm like, I guess. <laughs> so I read it. I'm like cracking the fuck up because there's people out there that are sitting there waiting to type something about how much they either hate me how much they hate joe how crazy uh bart is how geo is this how right. Je- i was it's, like damn it's all these half baked ideas because they want because it's in that culture of like i need to get in this first without mm. even fully oh. analyzing what they're even feeling or observing like really let it percolate and just like try to understand it for themselves i feel like they're just so lost in this culture to try to explain something that they have no idea what they're saying yeah and i i think the 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 biggest thing about it too that i noticed what they were doing is they were saying that um i think for for me that people <laughs> these people that they hate me they fucking hate me and i just <laughs> died laughing because i forgot what i forgot which comment that i read but it was like something about oh because you know genius brain we do the genius suggestion thing right oh, like, yeah, yeah. Well, these fucking these two guys think they know fucking everything <laughs> 
and it just reminds me of uh, like you know when you see that that scene in the movie where these girls are just talking shit in their bedroom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what it reminds yeah, me. Yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. David thinks he's so fucking hot. Yeah, he's over here just giving people fucking life advice from his personal experience. What you think you know everything? You're and right. I'm like, nah, it's just my life experience. I think you. I think you also oh rem- remind listeners like. We're not fucking professionals. We're not. So stop listening if you're trying to get professional advice. Like, get professional advice. Mm-hmm. And why be so mad about it? Like, take it with, you know. Yeah, and I think salt. it's it's weird because it's all personal experience. And you could, you could right. just take it or leave it. I ain't going to go over this shit. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. yeah so, There's no way that could have happened in your life. That's why we call it genius suggestions. It's right. not really advice. It's mm-hmm. just more like you then give. Then why is it called genius? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart, bitch. You don't suggest shit. Yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've gone to learn, too, that. Not everybody's made for the whole, you know, internet. Cause uh, I think even for like Mariel the other day, we were, she was posting some stuff and she has her Instagram now that's just for fun. And I created that for, for her to kind of just, you know, create. And then she got a decent following. Obviously, you know, she's connected to me, but, you know, people like her for her, her own stuff. And then the other day when she was about to post something on Instagram, she goes, oh, I don't know if I should have posted that. I was like, what? What do you mean you don't know if you should have posted that? Right. She goes, um, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was a little too much of myself or this. I was like, don't don't go into that space. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy this and just fucking post it. Yeah, for when, your own self. When you post it, just move on from it. Because right? that's just going to spin into something else. If, you know, but I think for the most part, I think most of her followers are just, they know what they're following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like she's out there putting titties and ass. Like right, she's, right. you're just. Cause that would cause a ruckus. Yeah. Like, what is she doing? Like, why is she showing her ass? Or- yeah. She's just, she's, she's like super into fitness and she's being herself. But I think sometimes, like, I, I know, oh, I, I saw a screen cap of somebody put up on their Instagram mm. and their Instagram didn't have any likes on it. Mm. I, I don't know what area that is. Cause I know they said that in Instagram, they were going to get rid of seeing anybody's likes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't allowed to see that, but it hasn't happened in the United States. So shit, I, I didn't, I didn't know. That'd be fucking crazy, though. That would be dope because that would definitely change the psychology of how you. It wouldn't like Mario, like you know, just uh, should I post this? Is this gonna the likes? What's the yeah. response? Just post it up. Just post it up. I, I think I, you know, I, I can kind of relate to that because when I when I first started to, though I didn't really do stuff to. I wouldn't say I didn't do stuff not to make it go viral, mm-hmm. but. I had to like the idea first and foremost and then put it out. Right. But I do know like, I think in like the first, I think it took me a couple of years to be like, fuck this thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I already have my name out there. I've proven that I could do this space. So now I'm just going to continue to do what I want. But prior to that, that first two years, it was like every, f- I will never miss a video on Sunday at 12 PM ever, unless I'm fucking sick or dying. Mm-hmm. And I did that shit consistently for almost two, three years. And back then, like one video a week was a lot. Like mm-hmm. one video a week was a fucking a lot. And mm-hmm. then, you know, people started bumping it up to two videos a week. And then it's, now it's at an average of five to six. Right. It's like, who the fuck is making five to fucking six <laughs> videos a fucking week, man? Right. Yeah. I don't know what the algorithm, because I was trying to explain to a friend, like when it, like the OG YouTubers and like the new school and like how the algorithm fucked over the OGs and yeah. kind of like, I don't know how that works. Uh, like, so like the PewDiePie or like, like how, if you were to get a million views yeah. on one video and like the new school got a million views, uh-huh. because it runs on the same ads, right? Or yeah. Like, so what PewDiePie, I'm like, oh, oh, what PewDiePie like uh, make more? Is that? Uh, I think there's people who are, so what happens for my channel too, and I've, and I've mentioned this before where uh, there's like CPMs, right? So mm-hmm. how much, uh, whatever ads you get uh, per, per view and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so for mine, 
I average about $2, which is the lowest anybody will ever get. <laughs> on average, on average, it's supposed to be five on the higher end, seven to eight. Some people get right. like 10 to 12, depending on if they do streaming or whatever. Right. Mine is at two fucking dollars. It's because I curse a lot. I have controversial mm-hmm. um, like topics and, and whatever. Um, a lot of this is done by their, their bots. And then there's manual review where you get to request a review to see if it could still make ads. So if I can make ads, it's only $2 per each thing. So I'm making less than half of what a, a regular content creator makes. Got so it. for example, uh, there's this one little weird Asian kid that's a boxer on YouTube. Uh-huh. YouTube, This kid has like a, I'm not sure if it's like because he has brain damage or he just has a thick Asian accent, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the, one of the biggest reasons why I started following him. <laughs> but he's like a dope little boxer. Like he's dope. Like he's he's not the best, but he's yeah, he'll fuck me up. He's only like 5'3 or 5'4, but he'll uh-huh. fuck my ass up. But I like watching him, right? And uh-huh. he puts some, he, you know, it's like kind of like in a hood area and he boxes just about anybody. Right. Um, but he showed his CPMs, right? So he makes he makes way less views than me, of course, right? Even if I don't post much stuff and even if it's just the podcast stuff, mm-hmm. I still make on average like a million more, more views a month than he does. He makes three times the amount of uh, CPMs than I do. So his he showed how much he makes and mm-hmm. he showed the screen cap. And I was oh, like, wow. damn, his retention rate and his uh, views are less than mine, but he makes three times the amount of money. Wow. That's how low my CPMs are. <laughs> So, because he makes about five to six, right? So, my channel on average right now, I don't give a fuck. It's like nineteen hundred a month, right? Mm-hmm. Which is nothing. That's why I'm telling people I don't make much money off this channel. Mm-hmm. So, people think I'm fucking bullshitting. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I do it through everything else now. Damn. So, it makes nineteen hundred a month, and then from nineteen hundred a month, that kid was making about six grand, and he makes less views, less everything than me. Wow, isn't that fucking wild? Yeah, it's because his ads are more, worth more. Damn, man. We got to take care of our vets, man. <laughs> we got to take care of our vets. Like it was like, and then uh, what, I, what I found out from that too is just, yeah, it's it's about the content. And if your channel's fucked, your channel's fucked. Mm-hmm. There's no coming back from it. Uh, they say that, oh, we'll, we'll do manual review or whatever. And then we'll see if your channel's in good standing. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. matter. I'm in the system as a channel that you cannot make ads on. So at this point, it's, it's just, it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Damn. Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. When I was when I was doing about two videos a week, so I used to do a, a travel vlog and I used to do a, a regular, uh, you know, talking shit current event mm-hmm. video thing. It was making my channel was making an average from ten to twelve thousand dollars a month. That's what it went from ten to twelve thousand to about nineteen hundred a month. <laughs> Isn't that fucking crazy? That's nuts. Yeah. People are like, oh, you should do sketches. It's like sketches cost money. Right. By the time I shoot the sketch, that's the whole month. Yeah. You're, yeah. You below. Exactly. Yeah. So I always shoot an average of about a sketch a month, and that sketch would cost about a thousand dollars. It's like, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> but not... don't you love it for the art? <laughs> I was like, yeah, but aren't you doing my... it for us? <laughs> I gotta keep my lights on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like so we have a couple of t- so recently. I've been on this uh, Netflix <laughs> binge on documentaries, and this fool got me to watch this documentary called The Case of Gabriel Fernandez. Uh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have watched that fucking documentary, but that fucking doc is crazy, dude. Yeah, it's really, really, really disturbing and disheartening, and it makes me mad. When I was watching it, the first thing I did, it was right after I was training kickboxing. I came home. Uh, first thing I do when I kickbox, if I'm not going out to eat, I make something to eat. So I grabbed a bunch of food, super excited to eat. Ugh. I sat down and, I, and there's this interview of this nurse and a she was nurse, describing yeah. how his skull felt. And she goes, it felt like Rice Krispies. Mm-hmm. And I dropped my food. I was like, nope, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm good. I don't lose my appetite over anything. But like a kid's skull being fractured so hard that when you pressed into it, it felt like crunching Rice Krispies. Yeah. Almost made me throw up. Yeah, man. Just the way that they start, they open up that documentary was just why you just couldn't believe it because it was a fucking train wreck you just couldn't believe that an innocent child could 
succumb or not succumb but be tortured in such a way and like in all ways like beyond imagination like some person out there was really testing the limits of cruelty and you know it, it, it was weird you know that was one oh, no. part of the documentary that made me laugh so fucking hard and this is why i don't watch serious shit with people because people will judge me because i have to explain my train of thought mm-hmm. but there's this one part so when they're going through the trial right they have all the jurors uh they're, they're trying to get this guy to be convicted for the, the the death sentence right or the the mom or the dad it was the dad it was the dad yeah uh, or the boyfriend anyways the boyfriend trying to get him convicted on a death sentence mm-hmm. right to see that if it was what first or second degree murder or whatever, mm-hmm. if, there was, if there was an intent to kill, right, premeditated, and, stuff. and the one guy that wouldn't do it was an Asian engineer, <laughs> and I cracked the fuck up, dude, because they're talking. Essentially, what's happening to this documentary? Mm. Every juror is pissed at it. Yeah, they're like, "What do you mean? Like he intended to kill the child?" But the guy's like. I'm a civil engineer. <laughs> he, had to, he had to say that shit. Basically, what he's saying is, I'm, I'm fucking smart, motherfucker. Right. I know what the fuck this is. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. He don't have that. He don't want to have the death to murder someone on his hands, on his judgment, which which the, is a huge responsibility. Yeah. And I right. thought he was actually, though emotionally, I sided with the other jurors. Mm-hmm. I did understand what he was saying. Right. He goes, I have to under, I have to know that this man had an intent to purposely kill this child in order for him to have this conviction. He goes, I know he's a piece of shit. He should be punished for it. He's a fucking monster. He did say that. Yeah, he, yeah. he acknowledges that. He, he acknowledges all that shit. He goes, but this is what the law is. Yeah. The law says that he needed to have a premeditated plan to kill this child. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't believe that's what it is. I think right. there was a guy that's a fucking dumbass and he's a monster. Right. And he didn't realize what the damage that he could do to kill a child, even though he was trying to hurt him severely on yeah. purpose. Yeah. But the kill part is different because now, now I'm going to be a murderer for convicting somebody of, of something that I don't believe that they had the intent to do. Right. Right. Which made sense. It did. It did. Which is scary to acknowledge can you could you have you ever been on a jerk uh, no, jur- uh-uh. I, I haven't done that shit either yeah not yet have you ever yeah never mind well i <laughs> i i got called for but i couldn't because i just opened up uh we just opened up go for broke at the time mm. and that was I, I we were running that thing i was like there's no way there's only two people running this what i'm was half your, the company so you told them that oh i just started a new business i can't yeah and i showed them the the whatever everything the mm. ein whatever i was like i just started this business like i can't leave for two weeks to <laughs> like we just started this yesterday yeah and so i i didn't go i've been i've been curious uh, i'm pretty sure sh- i i feel like maybe this is a memory i created but i feel like i did get a mail something mailed to me and didn't respond to it and i heard that nothing they can't they can't do shit to prove, yeah but they do try three times but I've only, from my recollection, I've, I've only had been... Because if they send the mail to an address that you don't live at, right? right? And then you don't get it. They only do it through mail. Right. So it's like, how the fuck were we supposed to see this? Were you the one that... No, that was from my, my improv class. Where like, if you get a, um, uh, a running red light ticket mm-hmm. at an intersection, that you don't have to pay it. Oh, because really? there's so much, there's so many variables. And like, they, yeah, they can ha- literally have the picture of you on this ticket... But then you can say, that's not me. That was someone else driving. Damn, I paid and, that shit. Yeah, I, I think that that's shit. like a loophole. Yeah. I hope so, man. Yeah. Yo, I swear to God, if I get a fucking parking ticket during this quarantine, I'm going to kill somebody, dude. <laughs> pa- Pasadena parking people are fucking assholes, dude. Yeah, they, they are, are. the worst human beings I've ever met in my life. I definitely, because when I got my ticket, I like finally bought a permit. But on my permit, I wrote in big markers. I was like, Officer Reyes, look at this. Fuck you. <laughs> 
see you in three months. <laughs> <laughs> I put it right next to my VIN number. So like, you know, when they look at like, yeah, there's your number is. Yeah. Like you bitch ass motherfucker. Yeah. And they look so rinky dinky. They have the little tiny cars that you just, you, when you see it, you immediately just want to run over the, run over there and kick, kick it, <laughs> kick it down. <laughs> they were giving out. T- so it, uh, the, the office that I have, uh, right now it's in old town Pasadena. It's a secured building. And outside of it, fucking during the quarantine, there's no fucking cars there, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still the parking. fucking parking people giving mm-hmm. people tickets. Right. I was like, there's like six cars out here. Well, I guess there's the, 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 the jurisdictions. Because I, I did read an article about how it's to um, give space to the businesses that are still open for like takeout orders and like all that stuff. There was six cars out there. If you fucking give somebody a ticket, you, <laughs> you have to die. You're a monster. I'm going to cough in their fucking mouth. Yeah, you are guilty. I fucking hate those people. But watching, so I guess like if you guys haven't watched it, I'm just going to go through it. I mean, spoiler alert, but this kid was literally, I think the way the doc was setting it up from what I remember was they, number one, she didn't even want him in yeah. the first place because she gave him up to her gay brother, right? which mm-hmm. is just a, already a weird thing because the reason why they said that they were beating him was because they assumed that he was gay, mm-hmm. but they gave him up to their gay brother. And I guess having the child raised by a homosexual couple is yeah. way worse. So right. they would just, they just yeah, brought like, him back. Even just, she him. It's crazy that she requested to have him because Gabriel spent eight years with that. A long uncle. time. A long time. And you see the photos. He's sweet, kind, lovely, beautiful, smiling. And then the mother tries to get that will for a check and requests him, but she never had possession of her child. It's yeah. just crazy. That That's kind of a red flag. Like you don't, do a background check on this mother because she had a history of like um mental illness yeah and it it felt like the family was split especially when they were doing like the um uh, um when they're on trial yeah and talking to like the father and like the, the father was the one who was like i don't believe in gabriel being with the gay couple i just i'm supporting my daughter to take him back mm-hmm. but then also knowing that pearl was a cycle a possessive woman just and, beating the shit out of all of her boyfriends and, and all her boyfriends making them do sh- who knows what and then also um assaulting her kid her other kids yeah and this this documentary basically kind of shows and what it's exposing is how broken like our government system is especially mm-hmm. when it comes to child care right um but on the other side which which i do understand because i have friends who are social workers mm-hmm. they are packed with so much shit right. so i I mean, this is a very weird case because on one hand, you have these social workers and there are people who testify that say like, look, they they go through a lot. They have to deal with so many fucking cases. You mm-hmm. have no idea. Right. So what they're doing. So it's either it's either this number one, that they're so sick of their fucking job. They've had it for so long that it's secure. They could do whatever the fuck they want. Right. And they don't actually care about these children anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that way. Or number two, it's just that they have so such a huge workload that they can't really go into the nitty gritty and the details of these cases. Mm-hmm. But in this case case specifically <laughs> it's kind of hard it's yeah. like uh what's it called um what's uh what's it called the whole the background check on both of them right, right? on her anyway specifically right. she was fucking crazy how mm-hmm. many times that uh they were called to go to that house right that's like it, i think it was like 64 uh visits and like eight open investigations or something like that it's ridiculous that's that's kind of much yeah. you know you know what i mean no mm-hmm. matter what and that and the the crazy thing about in this doc is that they were actually trying to prosecute the uh the social workers mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which is crazy yeah i mean the, 
you saying that like uh i think it was like 40 cases to a, ca- a case worker whatever and like but in this case it's almost like it felt like that was her excuse like there's no way if, especially the case the boss of the case workers there's like there's no way i could keep up with my employees who have all these cases like i have my own shit to do but for in the case of gabriel it's just they visited him they never did a visual body inspection. They oh, never yeah. took him to the side being like, hey, what's going on? They always sided with Pearl. The one time that they did talk to the child was when the cops came over and put him in the back seat to be like, hey, your mother says like you've been lying about your bruises. And if you keep lying, then we're going to come back and arrest you. It's just fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Like if I was a cop and I walked to the door and I looked at Pearl Hernandez's face, I was like, you definitely beat him. <laughs> yeah, totally. Her fucking face was crazy. Yeah. Like if you, if, if a white man who hated Mexican people drew a Mexican woman, that's, what she, that's, <laughs> that's exactly, that's what she looked yeah, like. She looked, she looked like a racist drawing of yeah. a Mexican woman. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo bro, what the fuck? She looked fucking crazy, right. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what was it like in the documentary they were showing all these pictures of her past she has like the the typical like chola fucking eyeline eyebrows and everything eyeshadow even her parents were talking about how psychotic she was Mm -hmm. that that was the weird thing like there's so many like testimonials of of how unstable she is as a human being and if you guys see this documentary you'll see the the type of damage that was done to him he had cigarette burns on him he had like lashings he had chain burns they shot him in the groin area with a bb gun bb face so when they when they did an autopsy on him, they actually found kitty or dog kitty litter mm-hmm. in his stomach because they made and kitty litter. Yeah, so they made him eat cat shit mm-hmm. and also cat litter as punishment, yeah. and they threw him in a closet to sleep at night. Yeah, and also what uh, I remember feeling very strongly about, on top of all those fucked up shit, is um, that 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 doctor who talked about his stress atopy, talking about his like a thymus gland. And how like normally it's like three to four or like five to eight grams or something like yeah. that. And then when he did the autopsy, it was like non-existent. So he was under immense stress. Like it was That's just fucking shriveled. crazy, dude. Yeah. And um, I, I felt really sad when there was in the elementary school teacher. Like she had to <laughs> look at him every day and they was, she would see him change into this like very angry mm-hmm. very just this really this kid who's known just to be like the class class clown yeah, goofball bubbly. kid very yeah, bubbly yeah according to his best friend that black that little black girl i know yeah. Dog, that part too i was like watching these kids i was like damn they they talking like adults and shit yeah. she goes man he shouldn't have gone through that man yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> like damn they should not be talking about this yeah yeah like adults like you said, said that was my friend and i was mm-hmm. like damn i don't know if i would have been able to comprehend what was happening at the age of 12 like that Right, right, yeah, and just hearing the testimonies of the Gabriel's sister and brother, like t- when they did tell uh, the cops, like, yeah, Gabriel had to eat feces. That's fucking. Crazy. He's like, he ha- really? He's like, yeah, he had to do it. It's That's like he, fucking crazy. Yeah. They um when they the when the the teacher was talking about, I think like the saddest part for me was when um they it was. It was, I think, the day before he died. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was the day before he was killed. It was actually Mo- Mother's Day. Yeah. And then he was making the Mother's Day card. Mm. And no matter what he was going through, how much they beat that kid, she, he still wrote a loving Mother's Day card to his mom because he just wanted her to love her. Yeah, that shit makes like, me cry, dude. <laughs> that shit hurt me, dad. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, that, 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 that teacher was just mortified. And yeah. she, I think she called CPS as well. Yeah, she called, she, she called yeah. CPS. Yeah. The dude, the one of the workers that was, he wasn't even dealing with the case, but he heard of it. I mm-hmm. forgot what his connection was to, but he was pissed mm-hmm. because one of the other social workers, he goes like, hey, like you need to call this in. She goes, I'm off the clock. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was no, it was a security guard. Oh, a security guard. Yeah, yeah. your favorite person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was like, he's like, I'm a human, dude, and that kid needed help, man. Yeah, and like, he was like, it's just, it's just, it was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he took it upon himself to go. Yeah, and he was like, I'm off the clock. I don't want to get in trouble because if I clock in more hours. And that was interesting because that company was owned by like a private, like Maximus or something like that. Yeah, and it was like publicly traded, and like they did, they just didn't. It would have cost them more money to like investigate, which is what they're hired to do, than to yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was a very selfish. And People are just very emotionally checked out, is what I felt from that thing, and they just didn't care. And a kid fucking died, mm-hmm. and it was like when you, when we talk about died, he died in the worst fucking way possible. Like I couldn't even imagine um, doing that to somebody, let mm-hmm. alone a kid. No matter yeah. how fucking annoying kids are, yeah, yeah. sometimes I want to slap him across the face. I couldn't imagine doing what they did to that child. Yeah. Cause he, going back to that security guard, he like went back, he was like, he saw that kid and the kid was looking at him and like, kind of like touched the desk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when I saw that kid, I could see his body was like screaming. It was screaming to me. And so I had to go back and be like, yo, did you see that kid that came through here? He's like, yes. Yeah. Like, did you not see his body? He's like, yeah. It's like he's being abused. It's like, well, we're closed. I'm like, it's like what? <laughs> Fucking the fuck? insane, dude! Wow, we're closed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder what. Like, why do people get these jobs? Like, your job, like, it's not like their job is easy. Mm-hmm. It's not like the pay is amazing. Right. There has to be a reason why you decide to be in a position where you have to deal with these types of cases. Mm-hmm. Because if I knew that I was going to go into a career that had to deal with this and the pay wasn't really that great, mm-hmm. I better give a fuck about my job. Right. Right. Just because if you could look at that, he's in a very extreme case. And if that case slipped by, then what does that say about the other cases? Totally. That's the thing that worries me. It's yeah. like, this case was such a huge like, yeah. red flag. Yeah. And they just went, whatever. It would have been better had we not known about Gabriel Fernandez. Like, had he just not existed. I mean, I don't say, I mean, I know how that sounds weird, but like, because it was, oh, 40 cases per caseworker, but mm-hmm. they went out and acknowledged it. And everyone knew. There were so many alarms. There was a teacher, the security guard. Uh, what else do you need? You know, the cops. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, even all the 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 people who were on the case of social workers, they they were really fucking old too. Mm-hmm. They were like sixty something years old. They looked like shit, and right? Like, and they they falsified like a lot of <laughs> like they're they're jaded from their job. Yeah, like I feel like that job too. There should be like I know this sounds weird, but because of the how serious their job is, there has to either be check-ins on it mm-hmm. or maybe in a thing, like, I don't know if this is even possible, but like, it's like you can work this job for 15 years because of the emotional damage that you'll get from this. Right. And then you have to switch into another department mm-hmm. or something because mm-hmm. you have workers like that that have just checked out. They they can't even see shit. They just don't see it. Right. right? Maybe they could switch off to another department and then mentor people below them and then kind of get them going mm-hmm. because when you emotionally check out on severe cases like that, like people die and that's what happened to Gabriel Fernandez. Yeah. That's so fucking sad, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just because it, it just, it, it trickles down from yeah. like the LA County and they even call like the people on the boards like these shadow kings, yeah. which was super scary. Like this, they responsible for like billions of dollars and you don't exactly know what the fuck they do but they have so much control and power and they live in these gated communities away from, and that's why it's like them versus the news reporters of LA mm-hmm. times and like them trying to expose the corruption that's going on in the city. You know what was fucking crazy too? When I was looking at them in court, they had no emotion. Who? The, social workers? No, not the social workers, uh, the boyfriend and Pearl Fernandez. Oh, the yeah. Mom and the, the mom and the boyfriend. Isn't that enough? Like, I know there's something like don't show emotion, 
because it might like a poker face or something like that but mm-hmm. like it was interesting watching both of them like how they came into court like uh whatever his name is the boyfriend mm-hmm. came in with like the prayer beads mm-hmm. and like when that priest came over and they did that telemundo uh mm-hmm. report he was like they're trying to put they're trying to make me confess this murder i did not do it mm-hmm. and yeah, he's like praying is like there's such a disconnect between him him and what's going on. And then there's Pearl who comes in with somehow makes like that get the prison makeup. <laughs> yep. And she's like I've been here before. I can find al- my way. And it almost feels like she's going in there and trying to like uh manipulate yeah. her boyfriend still in the court. Like she's so She's that strong. Yeah, that's strong. Dude, the craziest part of this documentary was when they had the audio recording of her trying to talk to her boyfriend. <sighs> In the prison cell, yeah. and she's talking about recollecting about what they did to Gabriel, yeah. and then she's getting fucking horny off that shit. Yeah, that, that part was, was ridiculous. She goes like, "Babe, you better not fucking say anything, all right? Because we didn't do anything, right? Yeah. What did you tell them? Yeah, like, what did you tell them yeah, and shit? Right? Hey, remember when we cracked him in the head? <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. And then you fucked me on the counter yeah. after that. I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah, did they do that? She's like trying to make him corroborate, like just trying to like fuck with his mind. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, I'm getting fucking wet right now. Right, and I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> like yeah. if I was a prison guard, I'm just <laughs> drinking my coffee. I spit that shit out. <laughs> um, <laughs> can we call this in? There's something really hey, weird. Hey, Warden, uh, we have a weird case going on. Yeah, but yeah, that that and just like and it was also interesting, just like learning about the boyfriend through his. Uh, previous employer oh yeah. yeah that was crazy cause she was like he's the she sweetest could, guy he's the sweetest guy he would want to take the scenic route and show like the the people in the nursing home like a beautiful view yeah who the fuck is this guy who I think he was it, that's I think that's really what that what the Asian engineer was talking about mm-hmm. I think he truly felt that he was manipulated right. by this girl and you could kind of see in that moment where she's literally trying to talk to him and bully him mm-hmm. through that prison mm-hmm. through, through their holding cell yeah like i i see it like now i understand what the asian people know what's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then you got the duck because i can't imagine this guy who beat the living shit out of this kid mm-hmm. and he goes hey so like can we like just take like the scenic route and maybe mm-hmm. like show the kids like the beach or the older people right. at the beach and then he was so sweet waved hi to everybody mm-hmm. else right but uh pearl's parents uh, we're saying too that uh, she was very controlling of all of her boyfriends, mm-hmm. and they felt that the boyfriend was it, it, by his demeanor. It almost seemed like he couldn't believe that he got this hot girl, mm-hmm. right? Right. And even through the uh, what's it called the uh, the the text messages, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he was like, "Oh, he did what to you?" Almost like he was uh, trying to beat up this random dude at the street mm-hmm. on the street that was hitting on his girl, and that's right. how he was beating up Gabriel. Right. Totally. It's like you let him talk to me like that. Yeah. It's a fucking year old child. What do you what do you expect them to do? Yeah. Well, when I grew up to, you know, like especially in the store, like uh, so, like my parents' store is like in the it's like it's kind of like hood part of South Sacramento, and uh, you know, growing up watching some of these kids, and mind you, I wasn't that great of a kid either. But this is like when I started becoming old, when I was older, around like like nineteen or twenty, and mm-hmm. I would watch some of these young kids that would come to the store that I remember what they were like when I met them when I was like 12 and they were like four, Mm. right? Mm. And these kids were super bright-eyed, very just inquisitive, very sweet kids. And I can clearly fucking remember, even as a 12-year-old, 
how some of their parents would talk to them, right? And mm. it's like not not this is like a handful of certain cases, right? Like it would be some shit like the kid was just walking around. They would grab something and they go, Hey mom, what's this? Snatch it out of their hand and slap the kid upside the head, like, right. don't fucking ask me. Curiosity, it's like yeah. Oh shit. Like yeah. the kid can't ask you what this shit is. Mm-hmm. So how many fucking times did I tell you not to touch shit? And yeah. they would slap these kids upside the head. And every mm-hmm. time they were there, they would just like whoop on them right. for just being inquisitive, for being a fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when I'm 19 or 20, I see these same kids and they're fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, dude. It's 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 weird because, you know, children literally become a product of their fucking environment. Yeah. You know, and you don't know what's going to happen to them as adults, like from all the trauma that they received. Because right. let's say even Gabriel survived this case. How would he have been as an adult? <sighs> Eating fucking cat shit and cat litter, dude. Right. And thinking that's normal and shit. Exactly. You do meet somebody who like they learn something different. I was talking to like um, uh, uh, a friend, a friend, told, <laughs> a friend told me like she was like, where do babies come from? And then the mother told her like they come from a pill. It's like, oh. And so she went into the world telling people that's where babies come from, like until like late until like life, like or, or like uh, when she was like a teenager, like she really believed that's that. That's fucking funny. Right. Dude. And then so she was like, well, how do you get a boy or a girl? It's like, oh, they have two different pills. It's like there's such a weird stigma taboo. Like, it's just why do you give misinformation? Like, like that's some pretty bad misinformation. That's some pretty. Yeah. Because you go into the world and like you tell your friend like, oh, yeah, I know babies come from the government pills. Like, it's like when those kids were told uh, in elementary school, uh, I remember in kindergarten, one of these kids believed that if you I feel like every parent told their kid this. Some like crazy, if, you, yeah. if you hold hands with somebody, you'll get the You're girl pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because Bart told me this story where he knew he heard about that. Mm-hmm. And then he was trying to hold every girl's hand because he was trying to get them pregnant. <laughs> this little fuck face, dude. He was just trying to fucking <laughs> knock up all these bitches oh, on the Jesus, playground. Right. Yeah. But uh, I remember, uh, yeah, they would like they would say if you hold hands, mm-hmm. you would get pregnant or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Yeah. And kids fucking believe that on the playground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the case is fucking crazy, man. If you guys haven't watched this documentary, like, first of all, be prepared to cry. Be prepared to get angry because yeah. it's 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 literally one of the most worst cases I've ever heard about in my life. And it was going on and I never heard of it yeah. until this doc. Gut, it's gut-wrenching. And the fucked up thing about that when uh, the boyfriend got tried or got sent to a uh, chair or whatever and Pearl spent the rest of her life because she pleaded the case, whatever. She took the plea. Two weeks after that, there was a kid, I think his name was like Noah, Noah oh, Quattro, yes. same dynamic, the, the the mother and the boyfriend abusing this child. Mm-hmm. And then just, I think, I'm pretty sure the kid's name was Noah. He ended up ultimately passing away. Yeah. From the, from the it was abuse. like the same situation. In the same area. Yeah. I was shocked when they said California. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I, I feel like I have like a bias towards our state. Yeah. But when I heard. But like, when we went to Lancaster. Oh, Lancaster's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> also, this happened in Palmdale. <laughs> yeah. That's the same area. Palmdale and Lancaster is basically the same shit. Oh, yo, man. Lancaster is fucking wild. If you if somebody says like, yo, let's go to Lancaster, California, like, just prepare hey. to just just die. Yeah. Hell no. No, no disrespect, but. No, dis- mad disrespect. Lancaster, <laughs> Lancaster, you guys know. People in Lancaster know they don't. Nobody reps Lancaster. No, they don't. People Maybe, go to Lancaster because yeah. cheap. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody fucking out there like Lancaster for life, right. homie. Have you ever seen the documentary called uh, The Mask You Live In? Mm-mm. So it's about uh, talking about just masculinity. Like they, they they interview these children, these teenagers, and then they interview these inmates that are at San Quentin, like their like life, and just want to talk about like their upbringing and like just the topic of masculinity and like their where do you so where did you learn masculinity? You probably from my dad. Yeah. They were saying like 
you are obviously the product of your environment, but also like they felt like school because of the social constructs, it was like a training ground to test you of your masculinity. Mm. Like, so like boy and girl, you can't play with the girls. You have to be with the boys. You can't. And there was these terms like, don't be a pussy. Don't be a bitch. So every, like they're pruning any kind of sign of femininity out of these kids, out of these kids and making you hyper masculine. And then I remember like being pissed off and they were like the news and like psychologists saying like, we should remove, you know, Grand Theft Auto and all these violent games because it's doing something subconsciously to these kids to prove that they're boys like they have to show and prove to their homies that they're not a pussy ass nigga and a pussy ass bitch and that's mm-hmm. and that and uh even in sports like you try to take the most what what are like the things of a man like sexual conquest yeah turns into something like football players or just money economic wealth and like ferrari and guineas chicks um buff athletic those are associated if you're anything less than that then you're weak and you want yeah. to appear weak and you don't want to fall back and not be included in your peer group so that's what that document was talking about it was just like it's interesting when you become an adult and you make those observations in hindsight and you would wish like our parents but obviously they can't mm-hmm. it's a generational thing yeah so i don't know it's a, it's a good document i haven't seen it it's pretty dope it's i, mean, I feel like masculinity too it's it's definitely a societal thing and mm. like that, that system is there, but that certain level of masculinity is heightened depending on the the money bracket that you're into. Mm. Cause when you're like totally. in, when you're in these like rich areas, mm. that, that concept of masculinity doesn't fucking matter because these kids don't have that stress of somebody trying to fucking jack your shit. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you come off and you know, this is once again, I you know, we kind of grew up in this area. So I'm just talking about my personal experience when I was younger. It's not like how I think now. But when I was a kid, and when I was younger, I, I, I mentioned how many times I got fucking bullied. Mm-hmm. I, I had to like break shit, punch walls, you know, cause a fucking scene and just man the fuck up when somebody would try to jack me right. just so I don't get punked on. Right. You and know, even you saying like, I have to man the fuck up. Like that was something I'm, I'm assuming your dad told you to do. Maybe not even my dad, probably just, just in the neighborhood. Neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's the neighborhood thing for sure. Right. right. Or don't be a pussy. Don't be a little bitch. Right. You know, and I still use those terms till this day. Right. 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 You know, I don't know if it's like really toxic or anything. I don't know if it had, but I would use those same terms, I guess, for anything. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be just, just because I think I've kind of evolved from I, that. Exactly. As yeah. long as you can evolve from that. I think you have the duality. I think you're living yeah. in two worlds. I think our generation was caught in between two where like masculinity and embracing, you know, your, your vulnerability. Mm-hmm was in our generation yeah and we're stuck in between that yeah because now it's like the new generation gen z whatever it's all about like being pc and making sure you know you're aware of the words that you're using because it does have power and yeah it does dictate how because it kind of goes to show just when they say when you say man up you mean strength and when you say don't be a don't be a little bitch or a little girl you're being weak right right and right. that's that's where there's that that delineage of like, right. But then you associate bitch with females and you automatically have that power shift. Yeah. That's why I made a conscious choice to call everybody a bitch <laughs> equally. You're yeah. a little fucking bitch. Yeah. Like, Oh, cause I'm a woman. No, cause, cause you're a bitch. Right. That's what it is. Right. right you right. fucking bitch deal with that shit. Like mm. I, I, like I do agree. There's, Oh man, that whole masculinity thing is weird. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like I was just a weird kid too, though. Like I kind of just, um, I do, I do still, 
lean towards more of that old side of just like, don't be a pussy, don't be a right. bitch, man the fuck up. Mm. That's how I grew up. It's going to be a part of me till the day I fucking die. And, it's, and, and even sports too. Yeah. It's, it's in like sports. You get injured, you get injured, don't be a bitch. Yeah. Like you'll be all right. Yeah. Even like the girls that I know that kickbox, they use mm. those terms, mm. right? So I, I don't know how that how that works in that in that, in that context. But mm. um, yeah, I, I feel like, because a bit other part of me too, like I kind of feel like, our generation is kind of getting too much in their feelings sometimes. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it's starting it's just to swayed. Yeah. We were in a good spot and they just got super vulnerable. Yeah. So now it's from here all the way to here. There's mm. no, there's no good medium now. Right. Now it's like, if you feel a certain, a, a harsh way about something, if you have a very specific stance on a topic, either people hate you or they, or that's either they hate you or they love you. That's it. There's mm-hmm. no like, oh, you can have that thought. I'm cool with it. Whatever. Move on. Fuck it. And even sometimes too, like disagreements are are not allowed. Mm-hmm. It's like if you disagree with me, you're a fucking asshole. Right. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to disagree with people and you should be okay with disagreeing with them. It's like it's it's whatever. Unless right. they went about it like in an asshole way. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, there there is that discussion of just acknowledging that and how do we, you know, take care of our boys so that they don't assault themselves and assault women and just the world because i think even in this documentary called the mask the mask of men um they're talking about mass shootings Mm -hmm. like they're all boys i've never heard of a female mass shooter because the guns are too heavy for the girls. Maybe. No, I'm <laughs> there it is. That's... <laughs> I'm kidding. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So it was just talking, just talking about that. Like, just... but if the guns were pink, it'd be different. different. They'd be yeah, spraying pink up camo. Everybody. Yeah, pink camo. <laughs> like fucking that dude from Tiger King. Yeah. Um, uh, Shout out to that guy. We're gonna talk about that in a bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just just talking just talking just having a conversation with boys because even the documentary talks about like this guy who comes from art you know like our uh, uh school of thought but like really checking in because i don't remember my dad ever checking in like hey are you okay i remember my dad being like oh yeah you know no one i don't remember like how was school or how I was checking in that was just a cultural thing or like they just didn't have the ability to uh communicate does your dad do that now though now that he's older yeah he does um but i could tell it's very difficult for him yeah and i'm glad that i could see that because i know he's putting an effort and so hopefully after time where he can like really get past the bullshit of headlines of like trump and like the city and this and that like he could really talk about who he is that's what i'm most interested about as my father instead of like hearing it from you know, the other lady or from a different relative. Like I want to really get deep down with my dad. It's it's weird. Cause I know your dad had, um, your dad had that stroke, right? Mm-hmm. Stroke and a heart attack. And that was big. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh shit. He had both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. 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 I mean, usually when somebody feels their mortality, mm-hmm. I think that's when it starts to change their perspective totally. a lot. Right. It's like, Oh shit. Like I almost died. Maybe I have to change a few things about myself and totally. maybe, I, maybe that's why he's probably op- trying to open up a little more. Yeah. I'm just wanting, I just want to know how he views the world. And now, you know, after, you know, my grandma, his mother passed away, like he doesn't have that crux anymore. Yeah. And so who does he talk to? Like, he doesn't talk to the other lady. He doesn't really talk to his friends. He's kind of a loner. He's kind of, they, mm. my family always referred to him as a street rat. He was just like out on his own. And I kind of have that same quality. I have like, yeah. I could go out and be okay by myself. Yeah. And just want to do my own thing. But 
like just talking to him and like talk he's always talking shit about like his sister i'm like do you think it was it was her fault the way she turned out because of what i know how you all were raised he's mm-hmm. like oh i never thought i don't know maybe oh shit yeah i was like oh shit like okay we're, we're getting somewhere so every time we facetime now that we're talking more because of the quarantine on um, uh through facetime like i he's been opening up more which is interesting which is a very long roundabout to get back to what is the big elephant in the room with my family so that's such a weird thing because my dad too i i have a weird experience now where my dad uh he asks a lot about if i'm okay but he'll do it through my mom mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because your mom knows that you guys have a, you have a strong relationship with your yeah, mom. She yeah. knows how to talk to me, yeah. right? But even then, like... You guys I, are the same person. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly the same fucking person. Yeah. That's the weird thing. I didn't realize how similar I am to my mom until I started getting older. And I was like, damn, she says some crazy shit. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's exactly where I get it from. <laughs> right. It's the same reason she used to get in fights with my dad. It's the same reason I get in fights with Mario. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the, the funny thing is, is that my dad, because of our relationship when we were younger, he would only ask certain things about me because he was going to whoop my ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So if he was asking, like, what are you doing? It's more like, I know what you're about to do. and I'm going to fuck you up because of it. Mm-hmm. And so because of that previous relationship when I was younger, when he asked me how I'm doing immediately, even if it's fucking small, I'm already pissed. Mm hmm. Even if he's just asking though, yeah, I'm I, I'm already traumatized from that younger yeah. shit. So mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, why are you asking what I'm doing? Like, do you not think that I'm doing it right? Do you are you gonna mm-hmm. fucking yell? What are you gonna do? And that's the back part of what my mind deep is deep down in there. Yeah. So I'm like, why am I getting mad when he just asked me how I'm doing today? Right, right. And I had to really think about that shit. And I was like, oh, I was wrong because like from it was like a few years back that I realized this, but he just called and uh, he was like, oh, is everything okay? Is everything fine? And I'm like, why? That's the first thing I said was why. Yeah, why do you <laughs> right? Yeah. He was like, what do you mean why? He's like, I'm just asking. I was like, yeah, but you're not just asking why. What's up? Yeah. Right? And then, you know, it led to an argument. We were mm-hmm. fighting. And then after I got off the phone, I was like, oh, shit. my mom called me up. She goes, why are you so fucking mean to your dad? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I was like, well, he's calling because I know he wants to say something else. Like, he's mm-hmm. just, I don't like the way he's talking to me. He goes, he wasn't talking to you in any type right. of way. I was right next next to him. Right. He just asked you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm just, I'm seeing like the wheels turn. Like, he's been operating like this and you've been traumatized. And yeah. now it's switching back. <laughs> yeah. Now he's being like a normal yeah. human being. Yeah, you have to give me time, dad, because you <laughs> fucked me up when I was growing up. Yeah. Exactly. And so as I'm talking to my mom, my mom's mad at me. She's right. upset. She goes like, you know, your dad's feelings fucking hurt. Mm-hmm. You can just hear him screaming at the top of his lungs in the back. Like, why is he such a fucking asshole mm. and i'm like you're the fucking asshole right and i sit there and think about it and i was like oh, oh. shit like i was actually wrong in this situation but you know it's not, not to make fault. an excuse it's <laughs> like i every time prior to that it was because you were trying to yell at me mm-hmm. you were trying to do something to me right so now when i see that uh, when i when you ask me something you see i, the feel, setup. I yeah. see the setup yeah and i don't want to fall for that trap mm-hmm. right so I had to learn how to turn that shit off a few years ago. It might be three, four, it might even be longer, mm-hmm. but I learned how to turn that shit off and just kind of accept it that he's now, he's just older mm-hmm. and he's not in that state of, you know, wanting to beat my ass. Right. Now when he asks how I'm doing, he's just asking how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so that was the biggest switch that I had to learn how to turn off. And I'm not going to lie. It's still there. Like right. when he asks, I still feel just, even if it's like a, like a 
speck of it. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. Where I feel like, man, this motherfucker trying to fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You got that extinguisher. Like, shh. Yeah, I'm yeah. just ready. But yeah. most of the time now, it's just him asking because he's like concerned about how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. He softened up a lot in That's the last dope. few years. That's dope. I don't know what the fuck happened, but everything that I learned from my dad is from my mom, though. Mm-hmm. I haven't learned shit from him from his own mouth. Mm-hmm. The only time I learned something from him was the last big fight we had, which was like seven years ago mm-hmm. or something like that. I can't remember how long it was. I'm fucking up the number, but it's just, it was a moment where he and I had this part where he was, it was that whole thing where he was talking about, um, at least the way that he talks to me and I, and I don't like it. Mm. And this is, he was actually being kind of an asshole. And, uh, it got to that point where I just, uh, he kind of said along the lines of my success is because of what he's done for me. And I didn't like that because yeah, everybody has a part in my success. Anybody mm. who has supported me since day one, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. So it was like when he said that, it just beam, boom, yeah. right? And Ignited. I fucking, I was like, and I looked at him. I go, what? He goes, he goes, yeah. Like I supported your dreams to be a comedian. He goes, remember when you left? I got you this. Uh, I got you that camera. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, you didn't support me at yeah. all. I was like, I, I was like, I, I'm not sure if you remember this. I was like, you don't. Do you not remember that time? That when I left to co- when I was going to go to college, I told you that I wanted to go to a community college first for a couple of years, and then transfer over to the university that I wanted, which was UC Davis. Mm. And you said to me verbatim, "Our brother was there." He, you said to me, "If you go to a community college, don't ever think about calling me your father ever again." <laughs> That's dude. What he- my dad. I told my dad I was going to Santa Monica College. He said, "You're not going to that college." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Fuck!" Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like he was like, you're going to denounce me as your son because I'm deciding to go to a community college. And so, oh, that's what it was. So what he said was the uh, success to the comedy thing. What came after the first thing he said, he goes, why don't you just go to a community college? Like I told you, that was the initial one. I just remember that. That was the initial spark. did Did they help you pay for college? No. You did through the warehouse? Through, through the uh, FAFSA and stuff like oh, that. Shit. So I just kind of like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I mean? And right. then I was like, and I was telling him, he was like, I don't remember that shit. Mm. I was like, you don't remember? I was like, dude, you beat me up all the time. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm. And, you know, it just got into this huge yelling match. And then he brought up this point where I mentioned this on the podcast before. He was like, you don't remember that time I told you that if you want to be a comedian, I'll send you to comedy college. I was like, dad. What the fuck is comedy college? There's no such thing as comedy college, right? And his fucking dumbass too, by the way, he starts looking this shit up and on on the computer, right? Mm-hmm. You know what he pops up? He pops up this- Clowning school. <laughs> no, he pops up the theater program at like fucking Columbia or some oh. shit. I was like, I have to still fucking get into Columbia. Yeah. You, or it, was, it wasn't Columbia, it was yeah, some like other Yale, Ivy League college. Uh, Lam- Yale. Amanda. Yeah, I was like, I still have to get into the fucking Ivy League college. You don't just, it's a theater class. What the fuck are you talking right. about? And so, you know, even then, like he was so petty, he didn't want to admit that he was wrong. Mm. It was like, you were fucking wrong. Mm. And what I told him in that conversation was like, could you imagine how much further I could have been now if I didn't have to fight for your approval and right. fight for for this and this? I was mm-hmm. like, the only reason why you approve this is because I started making money. Mm-hmm. If I didn't make money, every time I came back home to Sacramento, you would talk about how disappointed you are in mm-hmm. me. I was like, those are just facts. Because mm-hmm. and But I understand now that it's just because he doesn't want me to struggle. Like we grew up really poor. So he just sees me going down this route of being poor. It, it It's personal to him. It's like right. I failed as a parent because my kid's poor. Right. So I, I understand that. Right. And then what, what happened, we had a breakthrough moment, which is the first thing he ever told me about his own life that mm. he, in 30 years, I've never heard. He goes, mm. well, I was 20 something at the time, but he was like, 
I, cause I, when I told him, I was like, you want a relationship with me and your older son, right? I was like, we'll never have that. I was like, you know why? Cause you don't know how to talk to me like a human being. Mm-hmm. There's no respect. Yeah. There's no respect. Like you still talk to me. Like, uh, like you give me, I was like, you don't talk to me. You give me commands. Mm. Do this, do that. Did you do that? But you never ask, you never really ask how I'm doing. You never just call me to have a conversation. And mm-hmm. he, the, the first honest moment he has ever had with me, he goes, he goes, I can't do that because I've never done that in my whole life with my own parents. Mm-hmm. He goes, when I was younger, I had to take care of your parents because your grandpa fucked up, mm-hmm. right? So when we were younger, we had, we had a lot of stuff. Your grandpa just fucking threw away all his money. I had to be an adult real quick. Your older sisters moved to America. One other person denounced me. I don't have relationships because I can't talk to people because I've never done it. You're expecting me to do something I've never done my whole life. Mm-hmm. So now as an adult, I was like, if you don't understand that, I'm 60 something fucking years old. Mm-hmm. He goes, you have to learn how to bend your will and accommodate me because I can't change. Mm. He goes, I've never, ever, ever in my life had a conversation with your parents who passed away. My parents who passed away. Mm. We never had a conversation like, how are you doing? Right. I can't do it. Did he ever? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, damn. Mm-hmm. That's the first moment I was like, oh shit. Like yeah. he's, he's like this because of what his parents did to him. You and know? Do you say like, do you love me enough to try? I, when I told him, I was like, I just said, he, when he said like he couldn't do it, I was like, all right. <laughs> Touche. Because yeah. it was just facts. Yeah. You know, he, right. At least he was honest about it. He mm-hmm. goes, I can't do it. Right. I, I, he goes, I can't do it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit. It's crazy. That he, he could, like to have that conversation, have to know about it and like suppress it enough and like really lean in on top of his relationship with his parents like he's just taking that as fact and like knowing that he is not in control of his life to break that, um, whatever that relationship he had and not apply it to you. Yeah. Like it's, man, it's weird. Cause I, I do feel my mom told me too one day, she goes, you should feel really bad for your dad because he's somebody who desperately wants to have this tight knit family, but he doesn't have the tools to do it. Yeah. He doesn't have the social tools. Like you use like you, you have to feel bad for him because everything that he's doing right now to try to keep the family together Mm. is the same thing that he's doing to push you guys away. Right. And so he doesn't know what to do. So that's why he talks to me. So I could talk to you because Mm. that's the closest that he can get to having a conversation with you. But now it's getting a lot better now. Right. Like the like Good. I've been talking to him. He's been just been able to joke about shit as we mm-hmm. talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is the connecting factor that allowed me to talk to my dad is when I talk shit about Mario. This <laughs> 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 was like, he goes, he goes, oh, that's a problem. He goes, your mom is Mario times 10. <laughs> Right. And then I'm like telling my mom about some of the stuff that, you know, she and I are arguing about. And my right. dad's cracking up. He goes, right. that shit's nothing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you saw your mom, dude. Your mom fucking hid in a dumpster once to get away because she was upset at me. <laughs> she goes, oh, Mario, like closed the door. She yeah. goes, you remember that time your mom went into the squash patch in our backyard and laid in there for all night. And when she woke up, she had 70 mosquito bites on her face. I was like, dog. I was like, oh, your lady's crazy. So we're bonding over how much we fucking hate the people that we were in love with. Right. And so that's like our bonding factor right mm-hmm. now. And, and that's, we found the the little segue crack. Into, yeah. into us being able to connect on something because mm-hmm. we can't really connect on a lot of things. But mm-hmm. what we can do is connect on how much our significant others piss us off. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, like, at least that's, you have some angle in. What about yeah. you and your dad? What's the besides All right, basketball? I think shit is <laughs> We're still working on it. <laughs> We're still working on it. We just, 
Man, I just try to like, because I know what he's going to talk about, but it's so superficial that I try to give him more facts. So, like, he's like, I can't believe, you know, Trump has 50, 60% approval rating. Like, how is that possible? Like, you're saying like 60% of Americans really want Trump. And I don't like talking about politics on, you know, social media and all that shit. But I was like, Dad, you have to understand, like, what he said was, it's not our problem. And I even think, I don't know where I read this. Like, it's not, oh, it's Charlemagne. Charlemagne and God said this. He said, it's not our problem. It came from China. China created the virus. Here, let me give you a bag with stimulus relief package and I'll make it all good. And this is how I'm showing you my leadership. On the, on the surface, that looks like leadership. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. And then every single day we've been seeing Trump. We haven't seen anything from like Biden or Sanders or any other political figure. I mean, we've, we do know that they are having these virtual town meetings and talking about Corona and this and that, but it's not enough to uh, overcome the amount of times we see Trump saying some crazy ass shit. So it doesn't surprise me that people do think that Trump is doing a good job, even though, uh, or, you know, it's like, he's talking so much crazy shit. Yeah. Like, how do you not, like he's, and you, I'm sure you've seen all those little fucking videos of like Trump saying, this is a hoax. This is not a hoax. I knew this was a pandemic. You should have listened to me in the beginning. But the beginning said, you said this was a hoax and we got this under control. It's down to 0%. There's no cases of it. And now yeah. it's like 100,000. And now Dr. Fossey or whatever. Is that my phone? That's my phone. Oh, shit. It's uh, always my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know, it's always my phone. Yeah, Dr. Fossey, that, 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 that doctor was saying like, yeah, we're having 200 cases of uh, the corona in, in the coming week. So like my dad just takes the tidbits and he can't expound on that at all. So I'm like, I have to like fill him in and be like, oh, He's okay. Like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And I sent him that article from, um, was it the Athletic Tribune? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that someone knocking the door? Is that Mariel? You come in. All right, just continue. Okay. Uh, talking about Bing Gordon. I sent you that article, didn't I? Yeah. About his mental health and like he was like suicidal. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I sent that to him. He's like, I really like this article. Thanks for sending it to me. And then we'll talk about mental health. I'm like, did you feel that? Did you have the pressures of that when you were playing basketball at Redlands and when you tried out, you know, for the Knicks and all that stuff? And we got down into that. So I have to find these articles are similar to the topics that we talk about and be like, dad, read this article, read it so we can talk about it. So that's yeah. kind of our end to it. So you can understand how I um, discern things and how he can learn from me hmm. so I can learn from him. The so very like, brief, concise shit. Like, oh, that's how he thinks. Or that's how he does yeah. things. That's hard, man. Yeah. Because you really want to know about his personal shit. Right. But then it's like, you can only get like a small little glimpse yeah. just, just by how he reads and interprets things. It's yeah. like, it's like, that'd be so funny too. Like you just send him this film. It's like, hey dad, watch this film about this man who played basketball and uh, <laughs> has, a, has a Vietnamese and black son. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, hey, kind of reminds me of you, you. boy. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> like, damn it! Well, yes, like I know that I have to like really, uh, you know, uh, fan it out for him. But like, no, this is. If that were the case, like I was showing him vinegar, it's like this is our life. Yeah, like let's talk about it. You know, he probably wouldn't. He wouldn't. Maybe like maybe he just does that because he doesn't want to feel all the shit that happened. He just kind of like pushes it all the way mm-hmm. fucking down. So a generation, man, men of, cer- men of a certain, certain age. Yeah. And all that shit seeps out eventually. Like yeah. even my dad's stuff, it all, like it all came out in that one huge moment where I literally told him like, you fucked me up. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. then he was like, 
at the end of that conversation, I think the, the part that kind of really softened me up, he was like, like, actually, that's the first time I ever saw him cry in front of me. He's mm-hmm. never cried. Like, I'm talking about, I've seen shit where he's bald because my brother hurt his feelings. Really? And I've done some shit. My dad's just like, hmm. <laughs> you know? But the first time I ever heard his feelings was that conversation. And then he just said, like, I'm a good father. Like, mm-hmm. I did the best that I could. And he started tearing up. And I was like, fuck, I hurt this guy's feelings, man. Damn, man. Yeah. Such complex, so complex and so obtuse and just weird men, man. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of rough, man. Uh, I mean, we're going to, Hopefully, I won't be like that when I'm older. Shit. I'm trying not to be. Do you, yeah. I think that's like the base level. Like, I hope I don't turn out crazy like yeah. my father. And then I could imagine my dad being like, because there were times where my dad would wait for his father. Like, hey, I'm going to pick you up from the house to go fishing. You know, dad's like, you know, canceling plans with his friends. And he's just sitting on this bench in front of his house out in the middle of Victorville. You just keep could watch the sun just go across the horizon and his dad never shows up and Damn. his mom comes his mom comes out it's like come on boy your dad's ain't gonna come Let that's me cook you some dinner. sad dude you know like he's like i'm not gonna be my dad i'm never gonna do what he did to me but <laughs> <laughs> that's what came around for me too yeah <laughs> like god damn it my uh that's funny that you mentioned that because my cousin let me just to wrap this up on this note my cousin he he mentioned this story where uh we have an uh an older cousin where <laughs> i just remembered this fool just disappeared out of nowhere and i was like did he die mm-hmm. like where'd he fucking go so my cousins their age gap is like 11 years yeah. so instead of having an older brother what you have as a father figure right and i think when you're super young and you have this guy who's a cool older brother he has the mustang he's all this other stuff and i'm really close to him uh you you kind of idolize him right Mm. it's 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 like having a dad but a really cool dad he's Mm. young he's hip he's in the football team you know he's dating these cute girls or whatever he's a really great artist everything that i remember from him i just remember him being the really really cool cousin right Mm -hmm. um so i don't remember out of nowhere he comes back I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard this guy in 10 years or something oh like that. God. And he goes, Hey, I'm getting married. I want you to be one of my groomsmen. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Right. <laughs> you know? I was like, I'm like, the fuck? Like, right. where, where did you come from? Right. Like I was 18 at this point. So mm-hmm. he, like he disappeared around when I was like nine or eight or something like that. And he just went about his ways or some shit. And I was like, the fuck is go where is this guy and he came back with this you know beautiful white woman that he was gonna marry and i was like you want me to be a groomsman that's what i thought at the time and then i remember he was just his rhetoric at the time when he was talking to me my brother and, and mike was like hey man we should really you know concentrate on family it's all about family but when you say that to somebody who's your younger brother that you disappeared for damn near 10 years that's going to piss him off. Right. And it pissed him off. And I remember like how pissed my cousin was. He was like, Who the fuck does he go, go off like talking about family? You fucking bounced on me. And it wasn't even so much like my older brother bounced. Mm-hmm. My dad bounced on me is mm-hmm. what it felt like. Mm-hmm. This guy who I idolized, who I looked up right. to. Like I had nobody in my corner. So essentially he almost grew up like an only child. Mm-hmm. So he was just like, Yo, and he had this huge fight with him one time because he brought up the concept of family. And I think they had an argument where basically the guy who left, the older cousin, mm-hmm. his older brother, was saying that he was selfish. <laughs> you know, and that was the trigger yeah. point. Yeah. And he and I remember he he mentioned that just to bring it back to your story. He goes, I remember when I was a kid how you would say you would come back on the weekends and I would sit there with my toys and I would wait for you to come mm-hmm. And you would never be there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know my cousin felt that way. Mm-hmm. But he would wait with like his toys as a kid. Just and saying, my older brother's coming. We're going to uh, hang out. It's cool. Didn't call. Didn't nothing. Yeah. And then 
did that every time over the weekends right. for like 10 years until he grew up. He didn't have any toys anymore. He was just becoming himself and he just didn't expect him to be around. Just a little, uh, just a moment like that can freeze you. Yeah. Because he's he clearly remembers it yeah. and holds it against him. That's when for we were all like, those years. Yeah, yeah, that's when he was like twenty. He's like thirty something now. Mm-hmm. So I remember what he told me about the fight that they had. He was like, he was telling me, and I I could like feel his pain when mm-hmm. he was talking about. It. He's like, yeah, I told him like I remember when I was a kid, I had these fucking toys, and I would wait around for him to come by, and I would just play with them. Like, oh, he's gonna come, he's gonna come. This, this is the day, and nobody would show up. Yeah, and I would just be stuck there with my stupid fucking toys, and he would toss them off, and then. Next weekend or a month later, he says he's going to come by. Wouldn't come by. Right. And then he would just wait and wait and wait. And that kind of like fucked up a little bit of their relationship. Yeah. And I think even to this day, like they, they still love each other and mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, it's it's about family, but there's friction. Mm-hmm. And unless they sit down and they kind of heal from that and they, right. it's just not going to happen. It's yeah. just always going to be that weirdness. I arguably feel I'm more col- closer to his brother than he is to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you just got to be, yeah, if you're willing to be vulnerable and like express that, you know, hurt people, hurt people, you know. That's that's the key to it. That's the key to being like unlocked from this, you know, drama. Whatever. If you guys don't even know, like how fu- sometimes how funny his dad is. Like the reason why I crack up is because like there's this uh, moment where Khalif sent me this text where it was like he was showing like what his dad. Old people don't believe in virus shit. Like they just they're just like yeah, fuck this shit. We we've, we've seen through worse. Yeah. And his dad was cool as a fucking cucumber, right? He's like, don't believe the hype. It's basically what he was saying, yeah. right? Fast forward like a week later, he's like, listen, I gotta get out of this job. <laughs> this virus is about to fucking yeah. kill me. <laughs> and I just pictured that the same thing with like, I'm never gonna be like my father. I had to wait at the porch waiting for my dad to come. Yeah. And I just pictured you like, the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so true, bro. It's fucking funny. It's well, guys. True. That wraps up this podcast. Uh, you guys can catch the Genius Brain podcast on all platforms. Um, I've said this in every single fucking episode. Spotify, iTunes, you know, give us that five star. We're just here to keep you guys company on your commute. Funny stories, talking about bullshit. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. You can follow Khalif at. Yeah, uh, you can find me on the Instagram, uh, Khalif Boyd, K-H-A-L-I-F-B-O-I-D. And, and I'm going to put this out into the fucking ether. We're going to work on this film. <laughs> it's oh, gonna yeah. be a this year we're gonna actually fucking write this shit it's gonna be the dopest film ever i haven't done a film since gook and this is the story that i really want to work on so it's gonna be fucking fire it's gonna be fire shit all right y'all we'll see y'all next time peace